First, you need to think about who your audience is. So something that helped me early on was getting really specific about who I was talking to. So if you're not sure about that, it can be very daunting to narrow down what to talk about. So for me, I essentially thought of like, who is my avatar? And then all the content I created was as if I was talking to him, my ideal customer. And so obviously you are going to reach people outside of that, but it does help narrow the field of what you're going to focus on. And you can think to yourself, okay, would this resonate with that? person. Here at Kajabi, we're known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And the Creators Playbook podcast is here to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the advice and playbook you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, then allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the creators playbook podcast today i'm joined by my friend and past guest blaine anderson um who is an incredible example of everything i love about the kajabi platform but this is all about blaine and her story so let's just get right into the conversation blaine first of all thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me i'm excited to be here Well, I think since we last spoke, I know a lot has happened for you, which we'll dig into. But just like briefly touching on it, I think you hit over $3 million in GMV. You've had a little appearance on Shark Tank, which I mean, I don't want to overshare too much (laughs) yet, but like a lot of good is going on. Yeah. Um, Maybe you could just give us just a quick elevator pitch, maybe for anyone who hasn't heard the first episode on who you are and what you do, though. Absolutely. So my name is Blaine Anderson. I'm the CEO and founder of Dating by Blaine. I am a dating coach for men. So I sell online courses and occasionally one-on-one coaching that teach men how to build confidence, authentically market themselves, and meet and date women they're excited about. Nice, nice, nice. So I guess let's just... I'm really interested, first of all, how did you go about validating this business idea? Like the first things come to that comes to mind to me at least is like, I, and I guess I don't know because I never did search. I got I, I'm married to my you know <laughs> someone I've known since we were like five or six years old. So wow. I never actually <laughs> I never I played love in that. <laughs> I never played in the dating scene. But like I'm guessing that there's like a lot of maybe competition in this space. Is that true or? So that is absolutely true today. It wasn't true even three years ago, three and a half years ago, when I started to get into this space. There was absolutely people working in the space, but not nearly as many as they are there are now and not in the course game. Um, I really feel like I was one of the first to start there. It was more of a pickup artist community, which you were probably lucky enough that you didn't dabble in that, but especially in like, I feel like, like the nineties, early two thousands pickup artist, it was like the pickup artist heyday where they had their moment, um, on the internet and on YouTube. So men had hurt. So when men were seeking dating advice, that was often what they found where now there is more, uh, of a coaching industry around it. I love that. I love that. I, it's almost like turning around something that like 
maybe has like a little bit of a yucky feel to it. And but like really focusing in on the elements that I think are, you know, actual problems. Um, So I guess going back to the the validation question, I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe the need is obvious, but how did you go about validating maybe even like that this course structure was a need in the market? Well, and you know, even if there is a problem, you still have to validate that your business and how you want to approach it is going to work. Those are two very different things. So it's like, yeah, okay, men are struggling dating. People are struggling dating generally, but that didn't necessarily tell me, okay, are people going to pay me money for this course I want to create? So I love this question because I think it touches on a few key uh, points that I tell anybody who is considering starting a course business. So the first is I wanted to go to where my customers were. In my case, that was dating apps. Where can I find a lot of single men who may or may not be having trouble dating that I can talk to? Okay, they're on dating apps. This was also mid-2020, so it was the pandemic. I couldn't, you know, go out to a bar and ask people if they were single. So I created a dating app for myself. I wasn't trying to catfish anybody. It said very clearly on there, I'm not here to date. I am here to help you date better. Match with me if you want my COVID-19 dating guide. And so guys would match with me. I would say, great, I'll send it to you. What's your email address? And that's how I got my first couple hundred emails. And then I would email them. At this point, my email drip series was just me sending it by hand and tracking who had been sent what emails in an an Excel sheet. And I had like, you know, three emails or so that they were getting. And basically anyone who said like, who, who showed signs of life when they replied. I was like, should we get on a phone, the phone and talk about this? And like some people were like, uh, yeah, I, I guess. And so I would get them on the phone and I would chat with them about what was going on in their dating life and what their problems were. And that's how I determined what I was going to make my course about. I just want to say like genius idea. <laughs> like I'm going like, ah, oh, what's my version of this? Like I, I, this is just yeah. pure, pure and other brilliant. So keep going though. Sorry to cut Thank you off. You. No, not at all. I appreciate it. So as I got people on the phone, I would talk to them about what their problems were, what challenges they were facing dating, really trying to understand how they thought about their dating lives, the words they used to describe themselves, the words they used to describe their dating life. And then from there, I got an idea of what my course was going to contain. And so I was able to start creating an outline and marketing to it. So they say, oh, I'm struggling with this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, that's what my course is about. And in my head, it's like, because I haven't made it yet. And now I'm going to include that. (laughs) And so I actually had eight people sign up for my course before I even created it which I think is something that people get wrong all the time is they have this idea of the course they want to create of what they want to teach, which is great, but then they make it and it's not necessarily what their the customers or the people want. So you need to remember, this isn't about you. (laughs) It's about what the people you are trying to serve want to hear and want to learn. I love that. Yeah, that was really helpful for me. And so from there, when I had these eight people signed up, I had talked to each of them, understood their problems. I I also had an idea of what I felt like they needed to know and what I wanted to teach. But I combined those two things and created the course. And I taught the course live for two years before I ever recorded it, which is another thing I see people get wrong all the time. They spend all of this money and time producing this, you know, really nice course, which I'm sure has great content, but you are going to learn so much 
as you teach it to people and as you, as you get feedback, what are the questions they have after that lesson? Okay. Now I can add those questions in. So for two years, four times a year, I taught it live to, and I, I continued to perfect it. I continued to improve it after each live cohort ended. And then after two years, I was like, okay, I feel like it's, this is at a good place. I'm going to record it and put it on and and put it on Kajabi. (laughs) Uh, Amazing. That like that uh, both segues into the next question I'm going to ask you, but also like, man, I'm just like flooded with ideas. I, I love the, I love the early focus on like just getting in there with people who are interested. Like there, there is like, so much value in that proximity to yes. your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, once again, brilliant uh, <laughs> from my perspective. Uh, maybe you kind of addressed this in that flow, but like since you were thinking about a course maybe early on in the process, but uh, I, may, I am interested, like what was the impetus for you to seek out a tool like a Kajabi in that process? So when I first started, I wasn't using a tool like Kajabi and I was just piecemealing everything together, which isn't necessarily the wrong way to do it, in my opinion, early on when you're still trying to find product market fit and figure out what your product is going to be. But once I knew I had a course and I was going to eventually record it, and even when I was hosting it live, I was still recording it each time. And like that would essentially be the course until I hosted it again. But I was uploading those to Google Drive, which is so silly in hindsight. I was using MailChimp. I was piecing together all of these different... I had a payment processor. Everything was different and they didn't all talk to each other, which is just takes so much time and it's not fluid. So once I knew like, okay... I have product market fit. This is a real business. You know, I'm making money in this. Uh, I immediately knew I needed a platform and that just was then doing some research and Kajabi felt like the natural fit. What I really like about Kajabi right now is I feel like you guys are big enough that you have an expert team to build a really great tool, but you're small enough that if, when I reach out and I need something, I actually hear back and I like know the people at Kajabi and know the team, which is, I think really unique. Even none of the other tools I've ever used. I feel like have that. I love that. I'm very proud of that. Like that is something that I, I am endeavoring to keep with us, you know, as a part of our ethos as we continue to grow and scale, because obviously the bigger mm-hmm. you get, like, but we don't want our customers to feel that for sure, even though we're growing like yeah. as much as we can eliminate that. Yeah. Which is like another, uh, probably a topic for another day in and of <laughs> itself. But let's, let's round this back up to you and some of the results. What are some of like the early results or maybe even the current results that you've gotten out of this? Just a moment. I touched on, like I mentioned Shark Tank. I mentioned yeah. revenue, <laughs> like lots of stuff. Those are probably my two biggest business updates, you know, crossing that 3 million mark. Right now we're pacing about uh, 2 million yearly if we keep up where we're at now. And I was on Shark Tank this year where I uh, was offered a deal by Mark Cuban, who was the shark I went in there uh, seeking and was after. So things are going really well for the business. I'm also... um One of the things that always warms my heart, not related directly to business, uh, I guess, financial success is just seeing happy clients. You know, the longer we're in business every single month there or week, or even sometimes days at a time, go every single day, I'll get an email. That's like, this happened in my dating life. Like, wow, I had such a meaningful experience in your course, or I'm getting engaged. I got engaged. We got married, uh, which is just 
why I would do what I do and makes me so, so, so happy. Yeah, that is, that is so huge. And I, and I, I'm really glad you brought that up because there is a, there is such a, an important element as it relates to the type of work that you're doing. And that's that it impacts people's lives, potentially the rest of their lives are, Mm -hmm. you know, impacted by this. So there's a strong like mission, uh, I guess, mission foundation associated with like your courses and your product. Which I think really contributes to my success. I think when you are thinking about what type of course to create, something, of course, like I already touched on, it needs to be something that people want, but that also needs to coincide with something you're passionate about. Because if you don't care about the customer and you don't care about solving the problem, that's going to show through. And it's going to be a lot harder to build an audience on social media to, you know, get customers to pay you. And then for your customers to have success, if you're not behind it. And for me, I feel so much passion and excitement for when I take on a new customer, when I hear that they're getting results, when they're getting value of it because I out of it, because I truly believe nothing improves the quality of your life, like having a partner you're excited to share it with. So helping people find that, it's why I do what I do. The money's good too. I like the business <laughs> side of things. I like growing. Um, I like learning, but seeing, you know, happy customers is really the best part. Definitely. It's that entire package. Um, well, let's dive right into the playbook. Uh, let's talk. We're, we're going to be talking today about a little bit more. You started to kind of give us that early journey, but let's talk about how you built your audience, took it from essentially nothing to over 100,000 followers. I'm going to be taking notes this entire time. <laughs> so and let's just dive right in. Let's, let's, let's start breaking down that process. Yeah. So interestingly, when I, you know, I mentioned I found my first customers on, uh, dating apps, which was not sustainable. I was constantly getting kicked off the apps. You know, you're not allowed to sell things there. I was like making new accounts on my mom's phone, like my boyfriend's phone. Like it was silly. Um, so I very quickly was like, okay, I need to find another way to get in front of my potential customers. But I wasn't sure Instagram was going to be it because I was worried. Are guys going to want to follow a dating coach or are they going to think, that's embarrassing. I don't want people to know that I'm struggling with this. And both things actually were true, I suppose. One, people are embarrassed by that and don't follow. I have clients who will spend thousands of dollars working with me and don't follow me on social media. (laughs) And I find that, you know, somewhat funny and just like, okay, like that's fine. And then, but also there are plenty of people who are willing to follow me, you know, 400 and some thousand at this point, um, and appreciate the free advice there. So after a few months of trying a couple different things, landed on Instagram, like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. So I was starting with Z. I'd already had proof of concept within the business at this point, but it must have been October or November of 2020. I made my Instagram account and I started posting. And let me tell you, those first 1000 followers are hard. (laughs) It is hard to start from zero and grow to a thousand, but Each incremental milestone, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 starts to snowball and it gets easier. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you are also going to figure out what resonates with your audience, how to create content, how to edit it, getting more comfortable in front of the camera. So the hardest part is going to be that first thousand. If that gives anyone listening any reassurance to keep going. I needed to hear this today. (laughs) It does get easier. So uh, I'm... 
I'm working on this too. I'm trying to build a little, uh, like initially a newsletter around AI image generation. I'm the worst when it comes to social. Like I literally, I think I had, I think I have 76 people on Instagram now. And like most of them are like, my grandparents and my aunts and uncles. And so like, they're not necessarily the most sellable audience. So like, uh, help me out. Um, Assuming that I'm I'm not at zero, but I'm certainly not at that 1k. Yeah, yeah. So first, you need to think about who your audience is. So something that helped me early on was getting really specific about who I was talking to. Because if you're not sure about that, it can be very daunting to narrow down what to talk about. So for me, I essentially thought of like, who is my avatar? Okay, he's 32. He works as an engineer at a tech company. Here's the podcast he's listening to. Here's the things he's interested in. And here's the things he's struggling with. And then all the content I created was as if I was talking to him, my ideal customer. And so obviously you are going to reach people outside of that and people outside of that avatar will be interested, but it does help narrow the field of what you're going to focus on and just think, and you can think to yourself, okay, would that person, would this resonate with that person? Would that person find this interesting? Uh, One thing that stood out to me there is that's something I'm curious just if you have any like personal anecdotes on this, but for me, like identifying that avatar has been like really challenging. And I think it's just a psychological barrier. Um, Like I'm like, I I don't want to exclude people. Like I've got a few people who are starting to watch it, but like, yeah. uh, So don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't overthink (laughs) it. (laughs) That's how you know, you can, you are still going to reach other people. The idea is it is going to make your life easier by figuring out who you are going to talk to and if your content is going to be relevant to them. But if it's like some, if you can't get past that to get onto the next steps, then throw that a piece of advice in the trash. It doesn't make sense for you. <laughs> it's not meant <laughs> to make it. it more complicated. It's meant to make it easier. It's good for me at least. <laughs> good. The other thing you need to remember is repetition is your friend. So if you think about it, the point of social media is to grow your audience and grow awareness not necessarily drive sales, at least not before the people in your audience know and trust you. So to grow your audience, you need to reach new people and new people who come to your page or your social media account probably only need to hear a tiny handful of things to be like, oh, Jared is the one who can help me with this and I'm going to follow him or I'm going to subscribe or whatever it is. So don't, you don't need to feel like I need to reinvent the wheel and come up with fresh new content to get people interested and to, and to build trust with my current audience. That's actually not true. You need to figure out the core messages that your audience wants to hear from you and then just figure out slightly different ways to tweak that and repeat the same thing. And early on, I felt like, oh my God, like, am I just, am I boring? Am I saying the same things over and over and over? If you feel that way, that means you're doing it right. <laughs> keep that, keep doing that. So figure out those core messages and repeat them. Can I ask a quick like uh, follow-up question to that is, did you have any points on your journey to where you felt like uh, you hit a lull or like, uh, did it, did it just like, uh, well, just being transparent with me, like, like I make a post and like, I'll get a few engagements and then it kind of like dips down. And I think there's like a little bit of that newness factor. So did you yeah. run into any of that? So I definitely had my struggles with social media and felt like, oh, it's not working. Nothing is hitting. The key is you have to be consistent. 
If you're posting something every single day, you get a shot on goal to learn about what works or what doesn't work every single day. So you actually post every day. For me, I post six reels a week and you know somewhere between five and 10 stories on Instagram a day. So every day I'm seeing like, oh, that was something my audience like really resonated with. Okay, this wasn't. So don't beat yourself up if you know what you're doing isn't hitting now, but think, okay, how can I slightly tweak this or change the way I film or the change the way I deliver it? And how am I going to change the way I deliver it or slightly tweak the messaging or maybe come up with a totally new core topic because this one that I thought my audience liked doesn't like, and then you get another shot tomorrow. So that's actually the nice thing I feel like about social media and growing is you have infinity shots on goal. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. That's something that like I've I've definitely once again I needed needed to hear but like that's I've I've been kind of thinking through that as like, you know, I put put a post out and I get five people to, you know, engage, put a thumbs up on it and like the reality of it is is nothing bad happens like yeah. I didn't lose any friends, I didn't lose any money, like I just no one engaged and I'd do it again. <laughs> but that that resonates with me. I remember early on when I had like literally 25 followers. And I'm like, hi, I'm a dating coach. I had such imposter syndrome. Like, why do people want to hear from me? I feel for lack of a better word, stupid posting on social media about these topics. Like no one cares, but no one is going to care if you believe that. Like if you believe that your message isn't worthy and you just give up, then there you go. You're right. You know, no one did care because you didn't stick with it. But if you are consistent and you continue to post and you continue to learn and you continue to listen to your audience and get to know them and get deep with them about what they want and iterate your content accordingly, you will find for almost any topic a niche and like your people. The internet is vast and wide and you could literally have the weirdest topic in the world, but you can literally reach billions of people. So if you keep at it, you will find them. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, like this is like, I feel like I'm you're preaching to me and I love this. So we've talked about defining your avatar. We've talked about repetition. What's next? Yeah. So do not bury the lead. So I see content creators make this mistake often is they save the meat of the post, like the most engaging wow part of their post that they want to share for last. And they build up to it over 30 or 60 seconds of video content. And you are going to be losing a lot of people's attention in that time span. When you think about how people use social media, they are not there to be educated. If they really wanted to be educated, they would be reading a book or at the library. They're there to be entertained. They are scrolling and their attention is fleeting. So you need to start with the hook, the most exciting part of what you want to say, and then go on to explain it. And people who are interested are going to stick around for that explanation. Amazing. Yeah, I, I think that they exactly right the the hook is such a crucial we had had another call with someone else who'd done some pretty amazing things with social media and that was undoubtedly the number one yes like most focused on element that that hook because if you don't have the hook nothing else that happens after it even matters it's all wasted which is a shame because you might have some really great points to make that people would really like but you really have such a quick window right at the front to grab their attention and get them to stick around. And for anyone listening to this show, like hopefully you've actually like you're you're getting a moment of inception because my hope is that what actually drew you into listen to the show 
was a hook that we pulled from this clip, even though I'm recording this live right now. Later, we will pull a hook that hopefully captures your attention uh, enough to where you'll actually be drawn in to listen to. Like, not that the, I mean, the value alone is enough for me, but uh, mm-hmm. we're going to actually do this in real time with this episode as well as we do for many of our episodes. So true. Well, keep us going, Blaine. I, I'm, we, we've got the avatar, we've got the repetition, we've got the hook. Um, yeah. I'm still not to my 100,000 followers yet. So, so one of the things that I've seen work really well on social media, prim- in especially video content is, and this ties back to what I was saying before, is people have a very short attention span. So let's say you get them with your hook, you still need to keep things moving. So That means visually, like maybe you're moving your hands, you're speaking, the camera angle is changing or captions on screen or visual content on screen is changing. What I like to aim for is roughly every two seconds because really two seconds is how long it takes for someone's attention to shift and for them to potentially lose interest in what you're trying to tell them. So really be maniacal about what is happening in the video and on screen to consistently be moving. And that will also help keep people people around, get you those views. And then hopefully if you have educated them in that process about something they're interested in, will lead to a follow. That is that is a, an amazing data point. I, I am curious because I've been just following up questioning you on every single one of these. Um, any tips for uh, written content? Uh, is there like a, a parallel to that? Like, to two seconds of motion for written content? That's a great question. So I exclusively do video content on Instagram. So I haven't experimented with written content to say like, oh, this is what has worked for me. But I feel like the equivalent would be, you can't have a huge block of text. If you want to have something written, okay, you have a slide that ends with a cliffhanger. So the person wants to then swipe to the next slide. And it shouldn't take them really more than around two seconds to read each slide. Because when I see a, from personally, when I see a block of text, I'm like, unless I already really know you and really (laughs) know that I want to read your content, it's a no, it's a pass. So especially if you're talking about growing an audience, that first, uh, block of text needs to be something that acts as a hook and they can digest quickly. I think you just pointed out why nobody's uh, paying attention to my content, <laughs> my blocks okay. of text. <laughs> oh my God, amazing. I hope that helps actually, because that, that could literally be it. Something I have found is that sometimes I will realize something with my business. Oh, there's this little tweak that I make and it opens up like the floodgates. Like it's a huge game changer. And some of these tips are literally that when I realized, oh, I need to keep things moving and keep the uh, you know screen changing, or I need to start with a really strong hook. That's when it's like, oh, I just went from like 10,000 to 50,000 really quickly. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, back to the zero to 100K. Let's talk a little bit more about what 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 is next. Like, and, and maybe even just for some context, like uh, each of these learnings, like did you apply these all in that early stage of, of growing your audience? Or are these maybe some things that you've learned that you would do differently? Or how, how I guess, how are you thinking about like, utilizing no, this I advice? wish I knew these things uh, in the beginning. I'm giving you all the cheat code so you can implement <laughs> them to go from zero to 100k a lot faster, hopefully than I was able to. Uh, although I did feel like I grew pretty quickly once I started implementing these things. But this was absolutely developed and learned over time over trial and error over putting things into place and now only in hindsight looking back synthesizing them into shorter more distinct points that will hopefully help other people 
Well, I can't help but try to, I, I want to dig out one more thing um, from you because I like, I, I obviously, you know your stuff. Like, is there one bonus tip um, given that I, I told you I'm only at 76? I want to make it to 100. Like, what yeah, let's you get you to 100. You need to tell people what you want them to do. So you have to give direction. If you don't tell somebody what you want them to do, follow me, DM me, go to my website. They are not going to do it. And interestingly, if you do tell them what you want them to do, they often will do it. So you should use every piece of real estate to communicate a call to action. Don't overcomplicate things. Just make one distinct point that you want them to do in every single post. So for me, I end every single one of my reels with follow me for more tips or follow for dating tips as a uh, text block on screen. So if they've made it to the end, I am telling them to follow me. Even I have found on a subconscious level, people just like to take to have direction and be told what to do. But if you don't tell them, they sure as heck aren't going to do it. So make sure, like for example, someone might enjoy your content, but if you don't tell them the next step to take, they aren't going to take it. So that can, is an unlock for you that could, you know, get you to that hundred follower mark in a few weeks time. You know, what's hilarious about this is like one of my highest engaged, uh, or I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Uh, the post that I have put out with the highest engagement is one where I specifically said like, please engage, push the like button, push, you know, do, do yes. this step. And I'm like, hey, people did it. It was kind of funny. Yes. Like I <laughs> didn't necessarily expect them to just read it and follow it, but people like to follow directions and people do follow directions and you can get, but people aren't going to know to do absolutely anything if you don't communicate that to them. So definitely, definitely start telling people at the end of your posts, follow for more tips like this. I love that. Well, Blaine, just break those steps down for us one more time in fast, mo fast motion from the beginning. So in summary, if you want to go from zero to 100K, you need to figure out who your ideal audience or avatar is. You want to repeat the same core messages in slightly different ways over and over again. Do not bury the lead. Open with the meat of your post. Keep things moving. Aim for motion on screen roughly every two seconds and give directions of what you want your audience to do. Is it follow you? Is it DM you? Is it get in touch? Make sure you tell them. Uh, so, so, so helpful. So, so relevant. Um, I can't wait to apply all of these uh, to my own attempts to catch up with what I probably should have done when I was younger and it actually adopted social media. It's never too late. Yes, I need to hear it. I need to hear that. Um, well, uh, just thinking about business as a whole for anyone out there who is maybe just considering starting something today, what's mm -hmm. just one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, like any learnings you have or any um, just tips that you would have liked to have heard maybe when you were just starting? Yeah, well, I feel like this is relevant to something you just said, but it's start today. You know, you are only going to be one step further from behind if you start tomorrow or in a week or in the new year. So start today and you don't need to make it perfect. I feel like a lot of people got get caught up in, well, I need to like make the website and figure out my branding and the name. No, you don't. You absolutely don't need any of that. You need to figure out who your customer is and confirm that somebody is going to give you money for what you want to sell. You can worry about what your website looks like, your branding, your even your name of your business later. So really just take that those first steps and then the rest will fall into place. 
I love that. I love that. And I would even just layer on kind of what we spoke about earlier is like, don't worry. No one cares. Like you can put yourself out there and there is no penalty box for any type of, and then they're not even really failures. Like, no, no one cares if you put something on there and then you change it the next day. So that is so true. And it applies for dating as well. And I tell people this all the time. It's the spotlight effect. And that is a cognitive bias that causes people to overestimate the degree in which other people, which people feel that they are observed or noticed, as well as the degree which others care about the things that they notice about them. People don't care. Everyone is so self-absorbed and consumed with what's going on in their lives. So put yourself out there, approach the girl. If that's also what you need to hear, you will be better off for doing it and you won't be any worse off. That is for sure. <laughs> well, uh, Blaine, this has been overwhelmingly value packed. Um, and, and I want to, I want to give our listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. Are there any new and exciting things that you'd care to share with our audience? Uh, you know, down the coming down the pipeline for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am still going to be doing my dating masterclasses and my dating related courses, but I am also doing some business coaching and helping other creators build businesses like mine or build their following from zero to a hundred thousand or a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand, wherever you may be at. So business by Blaine is uh, coming down the pipeline in 2024, as well as some matchmaking. So I'm really excited. I'm getting into some matchmaking for men and women. So If anyone listening is interested in finding a match or growing their business, holler at me. (laughs) I would love to chat. I love this. That's, I mean, just yet another testament to, like, I know one of the challenges that I've had is like, you know, I got to really pick and define my niche, which I think is obviously incredibly important, but just showing that you can, like, you're talking about two entirely different spaces, which is so cool. Probably is, I guess, building off of the success that you've had. Yeah. Don't take that advice of doing multiple things. If you're just (laughs) trying to get started, what I'm now looking at is like, okay, I have this very large audience. How can I uh, connect with them and monetize in different ways for the people who don't necessarily just need dating courses or dating advice. So, you know, once you have an audience, you can start thinking about branching up, but keep it narrow early on, grow upwards, and then you can branch out. Think of it like a tree. I love it. Well, as I have to ask it, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, you know, married for almost 20 years. Is there anything for me that I could uh, learn from the Instagram that maybe would be useful, like uh, even for the married guys? It's funny. I've had married men take my master class who are they same thing. I've been married for 20 years, but I want to date my wife again. I want to be the best version of me. So many of my clients say, you know, wow, I wasn't expecting this, but your course actually helped in multiple facets of my life, which is great to hear. Uh, I look at everything, you know, with dating lens in my courses, but it really is, uh, they're effective with all areas of your life. And uh, I know a lot of my followers aren't necessarily single either. So yeah, anyone can tune in and I think get some value from what I have to say. Well, I can promise you'll at least have uh, I can uh, at least another one on the, <laughs> on top of the 400 hey, or 500,000. <laughs> everyone counts. I appreciate each and every one of my followers. You know, you said you have like 70 something. I'm sure you appreciate each and every one of those. I truly feel the same way as I grow because I think if you don't, you lose sight of why you're there and who you're there to, you know, support and serve and help. Yes, yes. Well, thank you once again, Blaine, for taking time out of your day to join us and share all of this highly impactful, actionable advice. Really appreciate you joining us for a second time. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. I always love to be here. So anytime. Well, that is all we have for your listeners this week. We will look forward to seeing you next time on the Creator Playbooks podcast.